This is Truth to Toe. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And I have the pleasure of having somebody that I've known for a very long time, somebody that I've seen kind of become the great dentist that he is now. Dr. Corey Black, what is going on, sir? We we go back we go back to what year? I think like two thousand seven or something like that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. You yeah. We, we went back to like when I was uh I wanna say I was a what, second or third year in dental school. I think so. Or maybe yeah. you were undergrad. When did you graduate? Uh, I, I graduated in oh five, so I was second year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I was second year in dental school. So I've known you for a very long time, and I mean, we we had a connection with um, you know, with Braxton. Uh, he was That's on, right. Yeah, he was on here um for dental anesthesia. Okay. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah. So you know, I I wanted to bring you on here because I kind of wanted to get your story. I wanted to get your story because you've taken a route that a lot of people don't take, and a lot of people um. I don't think appreciate that route, you know, and that's being uh, coming out of school, doing mm-hmm. a residency that's very challenging, a residency yes. that really kicked your butt. And I and mm-hmm. I know I say that I don't say that lightly because of the location you were in. But before we jump to all that, let's go okay. ahead and rewind back to what got you into dentistry and kind of like just give us your background and your journey as of right now. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and um, anybody who knows anything about Harrisburg, they know that. It's it's a city that's kind of going through a crisis, um, and it's been going through a crisis for a long time, particularly with like the education department. Um, so in terms of like the school district, it's it's like one of the I guess worst school districts in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm. And when I when I graduated in two thousand and seven, it was considered um, second to last out of all the school districts in the state. So it was very challenging. But you know, I always knew I wanted to help people. My mom, she's, um, she's been a nurse's assistant for almost 30 years. Wow. And my dad, yeah, my dad works at the same hospital and he, um, he's a, he works in the equipment room. He basically sterilizes, uh, medical equipment and takes it to the different rooms. That's awesome. So, yeah, so my family has literally been, um, in healthcare. And so at a young age, I used to see my mom come home. I always thought she was a doctor. You know, she would come on with the scrubs and she would smell like, um, hand sanitizer. Right. For whatever reason. And so for me, that, um, just kind of got, that kind of piqued my interest in like healthcare. Um, I mean, so let's, let's be honest. I'm sure she probably worked way harder than the doctors actually did anyway. Oh, yeah. You to know? this day, she, she's still, <laughs> she's still going hard, you right. know, doing the same, the same job, uh, which is like very physically demanding. Um, but I always knew I wanted to be a doctor of some sort. Um, so when I, when I went to Pitt, I know we were in POMS together, which is the pre-medical, uh, organization for minority students. Right. I remember um, I lectured to you guys when I was in dental school at that time. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that. Um, but I, my first year I was, I was pre-med and then my second year I took a course. It was called health focus. And essentially like the, the course examined different healthcare, uh, careers. And, um, uh, we had, we had a bunch of different health professionals come in. And talk about, um, you know, what they do and like the specifics of like, you know, what their jobs entail. For me, I met a dentist and literally like the light bulb went off. It was, it was like the perfect match. You know, it was like, you know, the de- first of all, he seemed happy, <laughs> legitimately happy. <laughs> yeah, he said, he, he said he lives a, a great um, lifestyle. He makes great money. He's helping people and he only worked four days a week. And so for me, it just made sense. To, to kind of, um, you know, pursue this route. So I did more research, talked to you, 
Um, and then I remember it just kind of made sense. I'm a very intuitive person. Right. And my, and my gut was saying, this is the way to go. Let me, you know. a, let me ask you then. Let me stop you right here and ask you a question. Do you think that a lot of pre-med students would actually switch over to dental if they kind of knew a dentist or at least interacted with a dentist? For sure, 100%. I, I know for a fact I've converted a, a few of them. Right, because I've done the same <laughs> yeah. thing. I've, I've talked to people. like I Actually, it's funny. My daughter's uh, swim instru- instructor is was going to be a nurse. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was talking to her and I said, hey, how about you come and just shadow me for a day? At the end of the day, she was like, "I'm gonna be, in, I'm gonna be a dentist," you know. So I feel yeah. like people once they get to under, and they get to know and and understand what we do, they kind of fall in love with dentistry. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And then once they realize that, you know, there's so many aspects of gen, uh, dentistry. You know, you can be a general dentist and do everything, or you can specialize. And I think a lot of people don't realize that all these, you know, specialties exist. You know, so you can, you can literally, if you love, you know, cutting people open and pulling teeth out and things, you can do surgery or mm-hmm. you can be a periodontist like you. Right. Or if you, you know, I mean, we know what the, what the specialties are. That's it. But, That's um, it. yeah, but, a lot yeah. of people just don't realize that. But continue with your story, uh, from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from there, um, I started shadowing a bunch of dentists, right? So I would, I would come home or go back to Harrisburg for, um, like summer break and literally just shadow, like, like all the time that I was there. And I, that's when I really fell in love with the, um, like the, the technical portion of, uh, uh, dentistry, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, it was the first time that I got to actually see, um, you know, the dentist performing the, the procedures. Now, mind you, when I was younger, I, I had a lot of experiences with the dentist. My mom, she worked all the time. She was a single parent. So we never really went to the dentist for preventive care. Mm. The only time I went to the dentist was for, uh, like if it was really for like emergency uh, basis. Okay. And, um, I remember just like being in a lot of pain multiple times throughout my childhood. I had many teeth pulled, <laughs> okay. you know, so yeah. it started out as like a traumatic thing with the dentist. But then I, I guess because I had gone so often, I became comfortable with it to the point that, um, you know, I kind of got the idea of actually pursuing a career in that. Which is very interesting. Well, you know, um, it's funny that you bring that up because I feel like a lot of dentists, you know, would do better off to kind of be able to relate to what their patients are about to go through. You know, uh, speaking mm-hmm. of personally, you know, I have an implant. So whenever I'm placing an implant or when I'm, when I'm about to go through the process of taking a tooth out and placing an implant or going in that route, I explain to patients, look, I have an implant. I get what you're about to go through. I understand it sucks. You know what I mean? Uh, but the results are, outstanding once you get past that process of the surgery you know and and look for the end result that i always tell people like remember the end result is what you're really looking for that this is just mm-hmm. a means to an end you know and so by yes. doing that they kind of go okay well if you've gone through it then i kind of i i appreciate that and trust that this is going to go well for me as well and i show them i'm like here's an x-ray I'm not lying to you. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, so I think having you, you know, the fact that you went through this process, you can now, you know, relate to patients and explain to them, hey, I've been through this and I get it. And let me go ahead and walk you through it myself, you know? Yes, 100%. And it's funny because I've had so many things done. <laughs> like, right. you see my x-rays. <laughs> I mean, it's almost embarrassing. That's all good. You know, I've, I mean, I've literally had it all. Who can now, I mean, 
bunch of fillings, right. extractions. I have an implant as well that right. was done at Pitt. See? I just finished braces last year. Okay. So, like, you name it, I've done it. That's all good. <laughs> I've, I've been through it. I've been through it. Um, but in terms of the, the story, so, you know, meeting people like you, meeting people like Braxton, you mm-hmm. guys kind of solidified um, the decision to go into dentistry. And every time I, I talk to you, I remember... You you spoke in a positive way. As much as dental school sucked, <laughs> <laughs> and and I hope I, I hope I was honest about that. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were. But you know, at the end of the day, you kept it real, and you you know, kind of made it much more feasible in my mind because right. you you actually did seem uh, happy with your decision. Oh, yeah. to go down that route, right? Definitely. Right. Yeah. Um. So then I what happened? So my last semester of college. Now, mind you, I didn't go the traditional route. You know, most people, they go right into dental school right after undergrad. Right. Um, I did not plan things out the right way, you know, and I think a part of that was just like me not really believing that I was qualified to get in. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of took some of the classes. I was like, all right, I think this is what I want to do, but I don't, re- I don't really know if I have a shot. So I was very, um, relaxed with the, that process. And, um, my last semester, I actually traveled around the world. I did a, a trip. I started global health in um, Argentina, South Africa, and China, which was amazing. Wow. Yeah. It was, would would I mean, you do I, that again if you if you could go back? Would you do that again or would you go straight to dental school? Oh, I would do it again for sure. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So, uh, so I mean, what did, you, what, did you, what did you learn from that, that, that global travel? Oh, man. I mean, you have to put it into perspective, like, this is a kid from the hood, right? And right. so my really my my perspective was very limited. Um Pitt was culture shock for me. Just going to a place that was predominantly um white. Right. That that really was a like it took a while for me to adjust to that environment. But then once I adapted to to that, then <laughs> traveling the world and, and and essentially like immersing myself in three different cultures all within like a, a semester, it was it was crazy. In a good way. I think I, I mean, I literally transformed in ways that I can't even describe. You know, I think because of that, I'm able to relate to all different types of people. Mm, you know, is, you, that's what I want to know. Like, yeah. how has that helped you in your practice now? Oh, yeah. I, so the thing is, I, I just feel comfortable around everybody. Right. <laughs> and, and patients, patients tell me that they're like, you know, for some reason, I trust you. Or I just mm. feel like I know you. I feel connection to you, which, you know, it makes it easier for me to, um, you know, I don't want to say convince, but actually, um, convince them that they need the work right. that I'm telling them. Right. A lot of people don't trust the dentist. They think that many, uh, many of us are after just the money and whatever. But the, I think most of them realize that, um, I'm able to relate to them on a, a different, a different level. Right. Um, so, I'm, you know, because of that, I think because of that experience, I'm just like very open minded when it comes to all types of people. And in New York, I see, I mean, you name it, I've seen it. And, and the reality is I go into it, um, with like more of a, like an empathetic, um, perspective than the Corey 10 years ago, right out of Harrisburg. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's, let's jump into this. So you graduated, you go through dental school, you said that and you admitted to it, which a lot of people don't, that dental school mm-hmm. is very difficult, but you got, mm-hmm. through, you got through it, right? And so then yes. you decided to go to residency. Why did you make that decision to go to residency versus going out and getting a job and making money? <laughs> okay. So I'll say one thing before I answer that question. I think the reason dental school is really hard for me, um, was because of the, like the, the social aspect of it. 
in addition to the didactic and academic portion. So like, I think a lot of people struggle with the academics, but for me, being one of the few minorities, and I know you can relate, USF. it was it was very difficult. Right. I think for for me, it was just like hard to connect um, with a, with a lot of people. Now, granted, at, after four years, I have some lifelong friends, but in the beginning, oh my god, it was it was very very difficult you know, to relate to a lot of my classmates. Corey, uh, Doctor Black, let's talk more about that because I haven't yeah. yet, I have yet to talk about this. Uh, and and you know, for me, my class it was predominantly you know indian and and white uh you mm. know mostly white right and then there were three um black students it was myself my friend mm-hmm. dr bell and then my mm-hmm. friend dr campbell she it was those three of us it was three of us in there and that was it right mm-hmm. and so we basically kind of gravitated toward each other but then mm-hmm. trying to relate to everybody else was the hardest part right because they didn't come from the same backgrounds that we did you see, right. and so it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you said, I have some long, long-term friends. I mean, you know, the the school. I thought that the school and the teachers and everything really were very nice. But that mm-hmm. initial um, working with people, the initial trying to understand where they're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And these are your classmates. Talk about that. Right. Tell me how it was for you as well, because I know how it was for me. Oh, it was. Honestly, it was like borderline traumatic. I'll tell you that because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I went into it not really believing that I was good enough for whatever reason. Right, right. I think it was just like my past of just hearing like, okay, your school district wasn't good enough or right. my grades in undergrad were, they were decent, but well, I didn't have a 4.0. Right. And, right. um, so I went in with that, that insecurity, but then now mind you, I, I had taken two years off before dental school. So I worked in medical insurance and I worked with like, Believe it or not, a bunch of middle-aged uh, white women, and so <laughs> I think like nat- <laughs> like naturally, I, I kind of matured during that time. Really, right. just just trying to relate to them. But then when I went to dental school, there were a lot of kids who didn't have that experience, and so it was just tough. But but um, racially, there was there was one other guy and like one other black guy in my class. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that I mean, to this day, I always say he's a great guy, super cool, very smart. But we, we really didn't have much in common. Mm. And what happened was the school <laughs> told Braxton to reach out to me and David. Right. And introduce us before the, before we even, you know, started class. Okay. So maybe like a week or two before David and I met. And during that time, I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be a long four years. <laughs> it was like, it was like, a, it was like, it's a, like <laughs> the only brother that I can't even relate to. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, you know, you go on a date. It's like, okay, this is not going to work. Right. But in this case, it was a four year commitment. Right. Um, you know, but again, I'm open minded. So I'm like, I'll just give it some time. For sure. And, um, what happened was like the first like couple months, what I, I just noticed like the people in my class would kind of migrate toward. People who are like them. Mm. So, you know, the Asians will migrate toward mm-hmm. each other. Yes. You yes. know, like the, there was like the preppy white guys. Yes. They would all be together. And that's what and people don't talk about. It's the cliques that form in dental school. Yeah. And they form and, and quick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like nobody knows each other, but somehow like they're cliques in the first week. Right. And, and me and, and me and the other guy, we were just kind of off to the side. And I was like, this is, this is actually pretty crazy because I, you know, again, I'm very open minded. You know, for me, I don't care what you look like. I care about like who you are, you know, and for me, my friends this day, they call me the deep friend. I'm the one always trying to figure out, ask the tough questions or questions to really figure out who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And and I, I found that <clears throat> during that first, like, 
don't know, a couple months of dental school, there wasn't a lot of that. Mm. It was very just kind of like superficial, super, superficial. Mm. People were kind of standoffish. And um, so you can imagine dealing with those hardcore sciences and then dealing with that, right. not really having anybody to like relate to you. It, it made it that much more difficult for me. But, you know, as as the, the years progressed, I just stopped thinking about it and I just kept my mind on like the end result. Okay. And then on top of that, I, I used my black card <laughs> to my advantage. And okay, I, I realized that more because it's, <laughs> so, it's, like, it's not like you're picking for basketball teams. Right. right. <laughs> like that benefits you at that time. So, so let me know how this benefits you, you know, in dental school. Listen, my entire life, I've used, I, I know how to like use that card my man. In, in environments where like I'm the only one and I've mastered it. Like at Pitt undergrad, I was the face of Pitt. I don't know if you know, but I was on photo shoots and videos. <laughs> I was on every like billboard. <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing to me because I actually just, I just watched your video in dental school. I think you were like your last year, you basically the, the, you know, Hey, why did you go into dental school and why did you become a dentist? And I saw that video and I was like, man, they really were using this kid. And that, all yeah, kinds well, of ways. that, so what's interesting is that, that video was actually is crazy to, to even think about it. That was actually um, on the news oh. in my hometown. Yes. So again, not too many people make it out of Harrisburg. So the um, Penn Live, which is like the local newspaper traveled to Pittsburgh. To do that interview, oh, and it was awesome. all over the news, that's all over awesome. the city. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of Pitt, I, you know, how many free trips I went on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I went amazing. to New York. I went to New York maybe four or five times, all expenses paid, Excellent. to do recruitment, minority recruitment. Yes, yes. And yes. Um, again, I was on a bunch of like posters and stuff. To this day, if you go to Pitt Dental, you'll see my face that's there. It. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, so, I, so I now, now, now let's, let's talk about that. So how did you then say, okay, now that I'm the face of, you know, a whole generation of dental school <laughs> and dentistry, uh, from there you transition into, um, being a resident, right? Yes. And people may not even know you because you ended up going to New York. So tell me why you chose New York and how you even got to that point. Yeah. So, um, actually it was a perio resident. At Pitt, you know Dr. Jose. Of course, he was. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. So Dr. Jose actually did a GPR general practice residency at Kings Kings County Hospital in Brooklyn, and um, during his first year, everybody was bragging about how amazing he was as a doctor, as a clinician. I mean, he would do extractions in like you know <laughs> one minute. Right. You know, he would he would literally just he had he had amazing um, skills. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I, I asked him, I said, where did you like learn all of this? He said that he did residency in Brooklyn at Kings County Hospital. He said, it's one of the top programs for general dentists in the country. And he said, you should apply. Just go for it. And again, in my class, actually in dental school, I actually did pretty well. Right. And so I said, you know, I think I have a good shot. Let me see. So I interviewed at Kings and I just felt the connection, mm. you know. Um, also, I, I wanted to be in New York. You know, New York was calling my name again. I used my black card to get here like four or five times while I was <laughs> in dental school. <laughs> right. And so I fell in love with it. I said, this is it. You know, this is like the, the city of the future, the, the diversity and like the opportunity here is just crazy. And so, um, so, interviewed at a bunch of different places, but Kings is where I felt like I belonged. So what were you actually looking for in a residency? Yeah. So, you know, in dental school, I felt like I had like the very basic skills. Um, at graduation, like literally, I did not feel like I could work 
in an office and contribute to the production because in dental school, you know, we, we would see like two patients per day. Right. So you had like four hours with the patient to do a filling. And so to do one filling. Right. Right. So I couldn't imagine like going into private practice and they're like, okay, we need you to, you know, get this filling done in 30 minutes. I couldn't imagine that. So right. to really make myself a better clinician, um, and you know, a potential better associate or employee, I, I decided to do it. Um, and I felt like it was a, the perfect opportunity to, you know, just have like a carefree year in New York City without too much responsibility. And I, I was wrong <laughs> about that because like you said, residency was ridiculously hard. Right. Um, but you know, for me, I, I just felt like I needed supplemental skills, um, to be a better clinician. But more importantly, I, I picked Kings because the, the GPs actually get implant experience, implant and surgical experience. You know, okay. a lot of the other programs in the country don't allow, right. um, general dentists to even touch an implant. Okay. But, but at King's, the, um, director, one of his, his goals is for us to be able to, to, to be super dentists, as he calls them. Right. To be able to do, to do anything, any and everything that we want to do. Um, and so for me, I felt like I could get the best experience in that, in, in one year. Um, and, and what they say is that, um, as GPs, we get, they, I don't know how they calculate it, but they say about seven years of experience in that one year. That's how crazy it is. That's awesome, though. Well, so, yeah. you know, let me ask, when it came to what you did in residency, you mm-hmm. know, tell us what you did in residency and why others should maybe do the same thing or, or not. Yeah, I, I literally did everything. I mean, you name it, I did it. Like, I did, you know, laser surgery. I did, I learned how to do surgical extractions on my own. Mm-hmm. I learned how to, again, place implants. I did a, um, a guided implant case, which is crazy. We use a CT scanner. Right. Um, so learned that, learned those skills, learned perio procedures, right? Crown lengthening. Right. I learned like tori removal. Um, I mean, you name it. I've literally, I've done it. So, you know, co- cosmetic work, all of that. Okay. So were you guys pretty much geared towards like, uh, surgical and maybe restorative, but what about like root canals? What about dealing with kids or anything along that line? Yes. So while in residency, you, um, you know, we were able to kind of schedule the procedures that we wanted to do. And we had, you know, attendings who would kind of guide us through the procedures. So yeah, root canals, molar root canals. I learned how to do, do them there. You know, dental school, you don't, we only did, I think, two anterior teeth. Right. But in, in residency, it's literally like, okay, you get thrown into the fire and then you figure it out. And if you need help, you ask, you know, you ask your attending. So, um, I really get at molar root canals as well. Um, pediatrics, yeah, we, we did a rotation, like one rotation per month in pediatrics. And we actually went to the, um, operating room with the pediatric residents and, and did work on the, on the kids, which was amazing. Under sedation. You see? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was intense. So it sounds like you were kind of learning from experts, right? You were learning from people that are really good at, at each, you know, uh, skill set root canals uh surgeries implants so forth right so mm-hmm. why do you think people don't do residencies because it sounds like everybody should do residency based on what you just said and and yeah. i mean I, i'm biased i'll say that i did a residency at the va hospital in pittsburgh mm-hmm. and i think everybody should do a residency before they go out and touch anybody uh in private practice yeah i yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i think most people probably decide not to do residency because they're just tired of being in school <laughs> or tired of being in like a learning environment. And I think with the amount of debt that most of us have, 
uh, many of us just want to start paying that off as quickly as possible. But what a lot of us don't realize, or a lot of them don't realize, is that you know it's an investment because you know if you spend that year learning all these skills, you'll be much more productive <clears throat> as a dentist. You know what I mean? So like the amount of, amount of money that you make that first year out out residency, you'll make that you'll make double that or triple that in my opinion, your, your first year out of residency because you're doing a wider variety of um, procedures that you can actually bill for more money. There you That's go. That's the thing. Okay, so that, you, it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, learn now, gain later. Yes, right? yes. Again, it's an investment. It really is an investment in yourself. So here's another question too. When it comes to um, residency, do you think that um, people kind of underestimate the value of um taking that year to learn all that stuff and do you think that you know uh you would have been the same dentist that you are now if you wouldn't have done the residency yeah i think people they do really underestimate the value of it you know they i think so here's the thing there are a lot of different types of programs some programs really are like a fifth year of dental school and in my opinion that that's that's a waste of time you know, because you're, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it really is because you're not really growing. For me, I wanted to be uncomfortable during that year. I really did. I wanted to be in an environment that I knew would be crazy. You know what I mean? Like right. we would literally see, I don't know how many patients in a day. I mean, we would, we had patients booked for eight o'clock and we started at nine just to put it into perspective. Wow. <laughs> so we were always behind. You have to, you know, work really fast. So I, I picked up my speed, right. especially with like fillings. I can right. do an occlusal in like five minutes. Right. See, honestly, so you're challenging <laughs> yourself in that year uh, in an environment that allows you to not uh, not go around shortcuts. Because I feel like when you go to mm-hmm. private practice, the habits that you develop, the bad habits you develop, are the habits mm-hmm. that you have for the rest of your life, right? But I feel like mm-hmm. in residency, somebody's going to look over you and say, "You can't have these bad habits." So let's teach you the right way, but let's teach you the right way in a fast manner. Tell me, that's true, wrong, right? No, you're 100 percent right. And on top of that, in residency, you can take more risks. Right. You know what I mean? Because you have people looking over your shoulder. If you're in private practice and you're trying to take a risk on a molar root canal or surgical extraction that you're not comfortable with, you're going to potentially damage the reputation of the business. You know what I mean? And it's just it's not really again, it's not that profitable. Right. Um, so you want to make sure like you're the best equipped to go out and like, you know, be be a great dentist. And residency is 100 a thousand percent the way to do it i think you know i'm not saying that people who don't do a residency never you know become great dentists right you know i think if you do ce courses and in time Mm -hmm. you know you see um, enough cases you will get better but again it takes a lot longer you know what i mean and you have to have a um a boss who's 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 willing to allow you to like uh take risks and things like that and not be there uh, okay, let me ask. So, so you mentioned uh, debt. You said, you know what? A lot of us come out with a lot of debt. But mm-hmm. you decided to go to New York and live in New York. So that's almost <laughs> contraindicated when it comes to debt, right? So you went yeah. to the, one of the most expensive cities, you know, <laughs> to live, but you came out with debt. So explain that and tell me what the, what the, what the, you know, the thought process was because I, I saw that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm watching your Instagram and I'm like, this man is living a good life, you know, I'm, I'm living vicariously through him. But like you said, <laughs> debt and, and New York, the, the does not equate so explain please mm-hmm. so i'm a dream chaser and <laughs> okay. life and life is short and i've always been oh, man. and i believe that if you really really want something in life no matter how crazy the circumstances seem you can do it 
you can get it. You just have to work towards it. Even if, even if there's like, you know, all, all odds are against you. I really believe that if you believe in yourself, the universe will move out of your way and make a way for you. That's just my philosophy. And, and for the past 30 years, it's worked. Literally coming from Harrisburg to here we are in Brooklyn as a dentist is just crazy. But I planted that idea in my mind when I was younger. And then most people say, oh, it's crazy. You can't do it. I've had people say that. Mm. And then I did it. And yes, you know, it's not a straight path. I, like I said, I took time off and, you know, it, it wasn't easy, but I still got it. I still achieved it. And for me, Brooklyn is the ideal place for me. I feel like while I was at Pitt, um, and then even more so in dental school, I really wasn't in, in a diverse environment. You know, for me, I don't know, New York City just kind of does it for me. And everybody here is kind of chasing a dream. Um, so the, the energy here is just, that energy is contagious. You know, everybody's hustling for something. But in terms of debt, I, I think, I mean, the reality is like, I, I feel like I'm in a better situation than a lot of my colleagues. Like, especially those who have gone to like NYU and some of the more uh, private, more expensive dental schools. I, so, um, after high school, I got like 30 scholarships from, from my hometown. And so my undergrad was paid for. Okay. And then on top of that, I would get a refund every semester. So I was able to like save money that way. So undergrad was free. So I don't have debt from that. And then, um, dental school actually got a scholarship as well. And I got the diverse diversity scholarship. And so that, I think that came up to about a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? So then when you look at the total debt, I feel like mine is maybe half of what everybody else has. So it's much more easier for me to manage, I think. Um, I, you know, to be honest, it doesn't make sense to be here. If I told you, what, I t- you know, if I told you what my, my rent is, right. you probably won't even believe it, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I don't. No, no, it's funny that you, I mean, you mentioned it. Like, you know, I, I, I'm teasing you, right? And I'm making fun of you because, again, if you think, you're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. But one thing that you said was actually very true, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, as long as you're in the position to, to do well, in the position to, you set yourself up in a position to do well, it doesn't matter where you go. I have a good friend of mine. I actually just talked to her uh, tonight. And she's in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. She's um, uh, a periodontist there, right? And doing okay. very, very well. But that's where she wanted to live. And I was like, are you mm-hmm. crazy? You're not going to find a job, da, da, da. And so I was like kind of the negative voice, right? And she was like, hey, I got a job. And she's doing excellent. She loves it. You know what I mean? But that's mm-hmm. the environment that she wants to be in. So to me, I'm like, well, why would you want to live in an area that makes you miserable? You know what I mean? Like you can find a place mm-hmm. that makes you happy. Do what it yeah. takes to get to the level that now career-wise you're also happy. So and I know that you're doing that. I know for sure you're doing that. But I wanted to give you a hard mm-hmm. time because, again, you made you mentioned this. I had to bring it up. You know. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say another thing is I, um, I I've never seen so much black success. Mm. You know, I I've met so many um, dentists who are millionaires. Okay. Really, really, and and I work for you know we talked about it earlier, um, before the podcast. Right. That that the celebrity orthodontist. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Black woman. Right. Yeah. So I, I I see these people who are doing it. They're killing and they're not from New York either. You know, they took the risk. They moved here and started their own practices. And, you know, they're in business is booming and they're, they're doing extremely well. And I think a lot of people don't realize that in New York City, yes, there's a lot of competition, but there are also a lot of people who need 
a dentist. <laughs> right. So success begets success. Okay. So yeah, and, and right. so so let's talk about that competition because again, you're in mm-hmm. New York, right? One of the busiest places. And I'm probably not even gonna let my wife listen to this because she loves Brooklyn. <laughs> she grew up in Brooklyn area. Oh wow. Came down to the Houston area. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let her listen because you sound happy <laughs> and she might have a <laughs> she might have us move asses up to Brooklyn. You know? Hey, come come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know what you said was competition. A lot of people are mm-hmm. afraid of competition. Tell mm-hmm. us why you are not afraid of competition. Well, I believe there is no competition. Oh, that's the truth. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that to be cocky. No, no, no. But I, I, I think if you, um, if you're focused on your vision and your dream, and you're providing quality care to people, it doesn't matter who's right next door to you. You know, the uh, listen. I've, I've um, seen a situation where this is. Um, there are two dental offices. One is a Medicaid office. Um, it's in like Washington Heights, which is kind of, it's like a, a kind of a rough area. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of, not, uh, not a lot of people there have money. Um, so this, uh, this practice owner essentially like started an office and accepts Medicaid, which is fine, but it, she's kind of given up on the practice because it's a sinking ship. Okay. So mm-hmm. I went and I worked for her for one day and I was like, oh, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like she's not, she's not making any money here. Like I don't right. understand how she's. Still in business. And then a month later, by chance, I was introduced to another doctor who is right next door. And he is number one in New York City for care credit. Hmm. And his practice is a multi-million dollar practice in the same neighborhood right next door. And what do you think the difference is? The difference is, so again, we'll, I mean, we can go into details later, but, um, there's a, there's like this, this group or consulting group called MGE. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Uh, No. Okay, MG essentially teaches you uh, how to effectively manage your practice. Mm. Okay, how to, how to sell cases. You know what I mean. And one of the things they do preach is that there is no competition. Okay. If you're if you're literally doing everything the right way, and you have a system that is working and a system that that's productive, and each member of the team kind of is contributing to a goal, you know, you you'll be successful. And it all starts with that. So what's interesting is right before you called, I booked my flight to MGE. In Florida for, uh, for two weeks from now, because all of those million dollar dentists that I talk about, they've done that course, hmm. which is crazy. Yes. Man. Yes. You know, it's funny. Uh, when I called you, I wanted you to just kind of give the, the young, young people listening, uh, just like motivation. Cause I know the, that's the kind of person you are. You're very motivated, very upbeat. Like, listen, there's nothing in this world I can't do. And Thank you. you're now putting a lot of twist on a lot of things that people have. Like a lot of pre precognizant, you know, you know, like, hey, uh, this is exactly what I know, and this is what I know, and in the end, mm-hmm. they really don't know that much, right? That's they right. really, they really assume a lot, but they don't really know the truth behind it, right? Yeah. Oh, you should never, because everybody, you hear this a lot, right? You should yeah. never go to the city if you really want to make money, but you got multi-million right. dollar practices right next door to each other. That's right. Right. That's right. Uh, so, so again, listening to these dental gurus you would you would mm-hmm. think that you should just be in like you know wichita kansas or that's or, right you know iowa somewhere and that's where you would make money that's right but you <laughs> so not true. only are you mixed up and and actually uh interacting with very successful people mm-hmm. but you're interacting with very successful black dentists you know mm-hmm. people that you can look up to and they always say that you're a culmination of the five people that you hang out with right so there mm-hmm. you go. Now you're basically gonna uh, you're in the trajectory to become 
that multi-million dollar dentist, that, you know, excellent dentist, that celebrity dentist, which I still don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Because, because I've seen celebrities. We'll go into it. No, no, let's go into it. Cause I went in, you know, I've seen, you know, celebrity, I've seen basketball players and stuff like that. And I didn't consider myself a celebrity paradonis, but apparently I'm doing this all wrong. You know, I should be like, I should be telling, calling, hey, listen, do you know who you're talking to? I am a celebrity <laughs> paradonis and I need you to go ahead and recognize that. Please, you need please. to raise, you need to raise all your fees. I'm going raise to. All your fees. Now I feel like I've just been cheating myself out of this. I'm no, gonna, you have to, you have to claim it. You I'm going to start it. doing that. I'm going to just be like, look, I, I saw, yeah, you see that, you see that teeth? Yep, that's me. You know, and, uh, yeah, that, that three point shot, that was not me. He, he sucks. But, <laughs> But the smile was amazing. I'm gonna take ownership, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about what your goal is now. So you were an mm. associate, right? Yeah. First, first you worked. At, you were a resident. Then you became that's an right. associate, right? Uh, learned a lot. You're about to go mm. in and and take on this um, consultant company that's going to teach you. You know uh, mm. what is it? MGE. They're going to teach mm. you. You know how to basically build a practice. So are we thinking of owning uh, your own practice now? Uh yeah, that's the that's the big surprise. I'm probably gonna sign a lease on Tuesday. Woo! Yeah, we just dropped yep. something. Okay. Yep. Okay. Explain yes. to us like what the thought yes. process was, and how did you transition from being an associate to now wanting yeah. to be your own boss? Yes, man. Okay. So um, after residency, what happened was because I had um, implant experience, um, I got hired by a company that literally only places and restores implants. So as it sounds pretty crazy, but in New York City, it works. So, um, you know, as a as a team, I would travel all over New York City, Long Island, into the suburbs, like north of the city, um, working with a prosthodontist, literally placing restoring implants. And he would see, I'm not even exaggerating, this guy would see close to 100 patients a day. What? It's, it sounds crazy, I know, but I wow. witnessed it. I witnessed it with my own two eyes, Walter. I, I, I saw it. Wow. Okay. And... I was like, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like that. So I did that for a few months and then I got tired of the commute. I would commute sometimes like two hours on the train mm. each way. Mm. And I decided, I said, this is not good for my sanity. Right. right. So I, I got all the skills that I needed. Like I learned so much in terms of implants that I was like, you know what? It's time for me to just like take a step away from this and maybe use these skills somewhere else. So once that opportunity was over, I, I worked. Now, it's very common in New York City to work in multiple locations. So you're an associate, but you're an associate in sometimes five or six offices. Right. You can be in a different office every day. Okay. And um, that that's that was literally my experience. And so I worked in, I mean, the worst of the worst, the best of the best. I worked with the um, that celebrity orthodontist. She so her office is ortho, but I essentially built the general dentistry side of her office, mm-hmm. and now that's up and running. Right. So we we started from scratch. And now we have like a steady patient base. I do, impl- I do everything there. Okay. All implants, aesthetic work, all of it. Excellent. And then, yeah, I work, um, also in like midtown Manhattan at this like super fancy office. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's like for me, all these offices kind of provide like learning experiences, right? right? Cause you're pretty so much take- building other people's offices for them. Essentially, you know, well, specifically in the orthos from scratch. And right. then in, in midtown, it's like, okay, that office was already established, but you know, I really wasn't really exposed to like high, high end dental environment until I started working there. And then I realized, okay, wow, this is cool. Like using 3D scanners and, you know, 
um, doing like crazy cosmetic cases that people can actually afford and are willing to pay for it. Right. So, so for me, it's really like, I, I appreciate like being in New York because I got so many different types of experience. I'm still getting them different types of experiences and a bunch of different offices, all very different. And, um, I think for me at, at, at times when things were challenging, I, I realized that, okay, I'm learning some, I'm becoming a better dentist because of these challenges, just like residency, just like everything else. It's like really hard. And once you make it through and once you get comfortable and you kind of hit a plateau, you, you're ultimately a better dentist, you know, to the point that I don't feel the need. I, I don't ask other doc. I never ask for help. Unless it's like a crazy case, I, I'll refer, but I'm not, I don't get stuck with, you know, surgical extraction. Right. I know how to kind of resolve most of my, my own problems in, in each and every office that I'm working at. And so it got to a point that, um, like I said, I, I hit a plateau and the craziest thing happened to me. I was working for this black lady who, a black dental owner, uh, dental office owner. She, she had really, really high end office and like, um, one of the wealthiest parts of Brooklyn. So I was working for her for a few months and out of nowhere, she, she fired me. Mm. But I, and to this day, I still don't know, but she said she felt like she needed to be there when I was there. She felt like she needed to be present. Mm. And I mean, again, I think a part of this, she found out that I was starting my own practice in Brooklyn. I, I mean, I don't want to even go into it, but I was fired unexpectedly. And I realized that I worked <laughs> so hard to get to a point that I'm almost feeling disposable, right? Like mm. we're doctors. We've worked so hard. They're residency, right? Right. Like the journey has been crazy. And to get to a point where, you know, someone feels that I'm not good enough to be in their office. That, that for me, like it, it hit me to the core. Okay. You know? Okay. You know? And so yeah, I, I understand that, man, it was, it was pretty crazy, but the, the, the silver lining is that was actually the spark that, that lit this fire of, um, you know, starting my practice that that was the the catalyst you know, in that in that process. You know, it's so funny. Uh, a lot of people are kind of like they, they become a punching bag, right? Mm-hmm. You basically had this experience where you're like, I got fired for no reason. I, mm-hmm. I I feel now like I'm disposable. I don't understand why, right? Right. So you know what? Let me just go ahead and just start my own. Let me go ahead and just do what I have been doing for you guys this whole time which is growing your practice. Let me just do it for myself, right? But other That's people right. are basically paralyzed by fear. And they just say, you know what? If they fire me, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And, and they basically don't understand or value their worth. You see? Yeah. And, and so I think either you're the dentist that says, you know, screw this. I'm going to go ahead and open my own. Or you're the dentist that still becomes a punching bag and just says, I'm just, I'm only good enough to be an associate. And just if I get fired or right, cool, I'll just go somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. And my thing is, I, I mean, in that practice and in every office that I work at, I have patients that say, you're the best doctor I've ever had. Awesome. I've never felt more comfortable with the dentist. I, awesome. I hear it every day. I hate the dentist, but for some reason, I like you. And then they would send friends and family, even in that practice. Right. So, I, I mean, it was like a discrepancy between like what was actually happening and what I guess she was perceiving to be happening. And it was like, for me, it, like I said, it really shocked me because it was so unexpected. I did great work there. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I took it seriously because it was the best office that I had ever worked in. And so I was like, you know, every patient, I was like taking my time, like make sure I did treatment the right way. Right. But she would like read through my notes and question my treatment planning and all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't like this feeling. And I kind of knew I would be fired because she would tell me that like, um, she was <laughs> going to fire other employees 
at the drop of a dime. And I was like, well, if they're not safe, I'm not safe either. Wow. And so I, I kind of prepared myself for that. And then when it actually happened, it, it still shocked me to the point I said, you know what? I don't like this feeling. I want to just do my own thing. And I'm very capable of doing it. I just need to like do research. The only difference between me and her is just uh, years. That's time. It. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. So, so can I ask where this uh, office is going to be located and if you've picked out a name? Yes. <laughs> so the name is going is, is Brooklyn Smiling Co. Okay. Basically short for Brooklyn Smiling Company. Gotcha. And um, it is, it's going to be in anybody who knows Brooklyn is Clinton Hill, which is, you know, it's crazy. It's actually two blocks from where Biggie grew up. Biggie Smalls. See, and that's one of my favorite rappers of all time. So yeah, man. I, mean, I it's, don't it's care about crazy. Tupac to be honest with you, though. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want I don't want to get started because people might want to tune us out after that. Uh, but what I want to do, what I want to do is, I want I want you to go ahead and establish, build up. Uh, but I want to get you back on so you can tell us what you've learned through this process of basically starting a practice. Yeah, if you if you if, if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, man, we can, honestly, we can do it tomorrow because <laughs> so far, I mean, I'm telling right. you, I, I, I started this process in July. Okay. And between July and now, I can't tell you how much I've learned. And, and to be honest, the best resource has been social media, Facebook. There, there's literally a group of 7,000 dentists. Um, and the group is called how to make a dental startup. And so literally they all kind of post their experiences. People post questions, okay. advice. And what I did one day is just went through all the posts and took notes. Well, and that was enough for me. Let me stop you there, right? Because now yes. you, we're going into the next episode. So this is what we'll do. You know what I mean? Okay. We'll stop here, right? Cause I honestly okay. think you're going to get going and, and, and we're already at like 45 minutes of discussion, right? Wow. Uh, thank you, right? I mean, this is great. This was awesome because you gave us a lot of information. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stop you here and we'll okay. basically do a part two. We'll do okay. a part two where we can then talk about what you've actually learned when it comes to opening a and, and starting a brand new dental practice so that, you know, a lot of the dental students that listen to this will basically go, am I ready for this? Because I felt like you've already given them knowledge about, hey, let's be honest about what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is we'll make this a part two uh, coming up here and we'll schedule that and you and I will so- sit down and actually talk about what it takes to open a startup and then give us any little tips you know uh where to look like you said that facebook group or or mm-hmm. talking to people that have actually done this so we'll go for that right. okay but thank yes. you dr black you killed it once again you've motivated me you know wow, I mean? thank and you, man. no for sure you, you you always do and i mean the, the positive light that comes through is just amazing you know what i mean and i also Will not let my wife listen because I think we will be moving to Brooklyn. <laughs> and I just don't want to deal with that hassle right now. You know what I mean? So, so thank you so much. Definitely appreciate talking to you. We will connect again and we will do part two so that people can really get an idea of what building a dental practice looks like. For sure, Walter. And thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's good to, as always, like, you know, reconnect. I feel like every time we do talk, it is always, you know, positive vibes positive energy so i'm glad that i can contribute you know to your to this thing you got going on here which is pretty great oh awesome and can you can you let everybody know how to reach you so maybe if they had questions or anything like social media even with the new uh office if they have mm-hmm. if you have the social media for that you can you know put it on here yeah we'll do that on part two because oh, i perfect. don't have that yet perfect that's <laughs> but, all good um, but how yeah, do they reach find, you yeah. yeah you can find me on instagram it's, it's dr cory black 
it was pretty pretty simple. And then you can also find me on Facebook. It's Corey L Black DMD. Perfect, perfect. So yes. we'll we'll basically hope that everybody connects with you, and uh, we'll do a part two. And we'll go from there, man. Thank you again, Doctor. For Black. sure, I really appreciate yeah. you, man. No, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.